Welcome back to the Main Street Dish, where we're dishing on all things Disney food and drinks from pavilions to Pandora, Hollywood Boulevard to Main Street USA. On this episode, we are heading to the resorts and dishing on all things Grand Floridian. We'll talk about the resort, we'll talk about what we love, and we'll talk about the best and worst food options. I'm Colin. And I'm Bella, and together we are Millennials on Main Street. And I am Bethany Venton, and this is the Main Street Dish. Another week. Another week, another episode. We're at the grand flow this week. We're at resorts. We're at resorts. I feel like that's one thing we haven't really touched on on this podcast. Like, yeah, we've bounced around to a bunch of different resorts and talked about our favorite restaurants, but we've never, like, done deep dives into resorts. And while we focus on food and drink, I think we do. We're obviously very opinionated people. I think we have a lot to say about resorts. Starting with no. Colin's favorite, because he was not a bougie child, yet somehow apparently stayed at the Grand Floridian every time he went to Disney. Lies? It was your... No, I, I saw your father not too long ago, and him and I chatted about the Grand Floridian, and you were a bougie child, Colin. I'm very sorry. I was accustomed to my lifestyle. How about that? <laughs> yeah, the Grand Floridian and bottomless ice cream. Yes, at Gasparilla. That's, <laughs> that's childhood, okay? Yeah. No, I always joke that it's like this scene in Home Alone too. you know, when Kevin's family gets reunited in New York and it's the morning and he's talking to the pigeon lady and then you just hear Kevin's dad yell, Kevin, yeah. you spent something on rub service. That was probably my poor dad when he got the bill shoved under the door that allegedly didn't fit under the door. Yeah, I'm not going to tell me, I'm not going to say he told me that there were 400 charges for ice cream one time, but he said that. And I just don't even know how that's logical, but I don't doubt it also. All I'm going to say is I have an older sister, so maybe she was the mastermind and I just followed along. I don't know. <laughs> sure. But we're at resorts because we got to hit all the resorts. And honestly, what's better than starting at a Disney classic? Honestly, and still, I think, I mean, of course, it's one of my favorite resorts, but I feel like this resort is really standing the test of time. I mean, they are allegedly doing a reno I mean, of the lobby, correct? On March 1st, 2022, it started its refurbishment. Oh, boy. So she's almost a year into it, and we haven't touched the lobby yet, but, you know, it'll happen. It'll happen, and I'll probably cry, but it's fine. But I love this resort so much. I think people either love this resort or they hate this resort. Really? Yeah, I feel like people just don't want to like it because of the how expensive it is. I mean, I get that. I think it is expensive, but then when you factor in all the things... Where even the new room refreshes that they've come out with are absolutely beautiful. And I do feel it's elevated to high class. And then it's proximity to Magic Kingdom. What more do you want? Yeah. I get why it's bougie. Oh, for sure. And with a walking path now, too. You know what I mean? Like that only only increases the value. But this is definitely one that we've said it a few times together. I mean, of course, I stayed there a lot when I was a kid. But we stayed there quite a few times together. And I feel like this is a great resort to stay at. I mean, <laughs> I say it's a great resort to stay at. I'm like, but it's so expensive. I hate it. It's horrible to like recommend it to people. But for families, when you have young kids with the easy access to Magic Kingdom, being able to just walk back to your resort, I mean, it's got some really great selling points <laughs> for families as well. Without a doubt. Yes, it's bougie, but it's also the grand flow. You know, you know, you're going to be bougie when you go there. And, and I just even think it comes down to the cast members. When you walk in, they are so much friendlier and helpful there than any <laughs> other resort. Like last time I was down there, I did go over there. And just there's 15 people outside greeting you and telling you welcome to the Grand Flow. And it just doesn't happen at the moderate resorts, which is crazy because 
the cast just seems so much friendlier. And I think to myself, you're probably getting the, paid the same amount as the people over there. But there's just the standard that I feel the Grand Floridian really sets up. And I understand why it's as expensive as it is at this point. I mean, with Disney pricing. We talk about things that make you feel like you're on vacation. But for me, if I don't hit Grand Floridian, I don't have to stay there, but I just have to go there. When I walk into the lobby of Grand Floridian, that is when I feel like I'm on a Disney vacation. That's my set. That's my mode. It's not even Enchanted Rose or any of the food or drinks. It's literally just walking in and smelling the lobby. Mm -hmm. That Grand Flor the smell of the Grand Floridian is just like ingrained in my brain. Yeah. And that is that is my Disney vacation moment when I walk into the lobby. And it's stunning. It it takes your breath away when you walk in. I think it's grand. It's beautiful. It's all those things. It there's a reason it's called the Grand Floridian. Absolutely. But Colin, you know what? Since this is your resort. Do you want to give us a breakdown on a few little fun facts about the good old Grand Flow? Happily. Uh, so it opened on June 28th of 1988. This is Disney World's flagship hotel. So it is like it is the quintessential Disney hotel, kind of similar to the Grand Californian right over at Disneyland. But this is located right on Seven Seas Lagoon, connected to Magic Kingdom by monorail and by walking path. But it's inspired by the Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego, a kind of that Victorian era resort. And it also has 867 guest rooms. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty massive resort. And especially because it has the wedding pavilions and actually a good amount of full service, table service restaurants too. I think compared to like other places, because even if you look at the Riviera, when you look at the Riviera, for example... It only has Topolino's as a full-service table restaurant. This has Victorian Albert, Citricos, Narcoozies. There's so many options here that there's so much to do. Plus, there's a wedding pavilion. This place is always hopping. There's also DVC rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they constructed a, a, a relatively new DVC tower. But the real big thing here, we've alluded to it, is the sticker price. Oh, so rooms, rooms ranging anywhere from $780 to $5,500. A night. <laughs> a night. <laughs> a just, night. just to be clear. <laughs> just to be clear. And I mean, that's your rack rate that, you know, they have to publish. So you could definitely find some quote unquote deals. <laughs> but like you're not sure. staying at the Grand Flow for really less than $500 a night. Ah, uh, there was a time. Sure. I remember going for our honeymoon. And then when I went with my mom and Stasia... I think the rooms were about four fifty. Did you stay at the Grand Flow for your honeymoon? We did. Um, yeah, two nights before we left Our for Disney the cruise. cruise. Okay. Yeah. I love that for you. That's a good honeymoon. Yes. Yeah, it was quite I made nowhere else. <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing. When we got back, we stayed two nights at Old Key West, and while that resort is great, we should have swapped it. Yeah. We, we should have, have we should have finished a Grand Floridian, Floridian last, yeah. but that's okay. Honestly, anything that helps get me in the Grand Floridian, I would stay in the utility closet, and I'd be totally <laughs> happy. So aside from the monorail and the walking path, you can get to Magic Kingdom by boat as well. It's not like the the larger boat; it's like kind of like a small, like what, what would you call it, like a schooner boat. But it's kind of a, a little bit smaller, um, and it go, leaves right from where Narcoozies is and takes you right to Magic Kingdom. They also, you can rent watercrafts and go out little speedboats on Seven Seas Lagoon. So there's a lot of other things to do here. They have some great pools. They have an awesome kid pool that's uh, Mad Hatter and Alice in Wonderland themed. Um, so this resort really just has it all. To be it really does. Honest. It really does. It has it all. I remember I stayed here like 
you know, during COVID. And I remember coming back to the resort at the end of the night and they had the giant inflatable TV screen up projecting happily ever after before it came back, before it left us. But now it's coming back. But I was like, I'm so close to it yet so far away. And I will say my one fun fact about Grand Flow is I ran into Josh tomorrow here. Ah, yes. Well, thank you for having me, right? What did you say? for this wonderful stay. That's what I said to this man as I was sipping on my pina colada. (laughs) And he said, you're welcome. But I love this resort. It's not my go-to because obviously it's so pricey. But if you're looking to splurge and want to be really bougie, this is a good option. I'm not going to say this is the resort because I will also put the Riviera very high on this list. But if you want a resort you want to go to magic kingdom and you want a lot to do at the resort this actually might be your place oh absolutely and i mean green flirting get us get it you can stay out in some of the the conch key buildings out on the outside i mean or just saying in main building concierge you know <laughs> we'd take the beautiful elevator up it's an incredible resort the piano too in the lobby the piano player in the lobby it's just such an incredible ambiance there bring back the band that used to be up on there oh yes like why'd we get rid of them yeah, that was great. Too. They were amazing. There was a full orchestra that used to be in the Grand Flow. A Travis Nightly. COVID. Yeah. You would walk yep. in and that music would just flow through and it was amazing. See? Bring it back. Yep. Well, let's dive into food. Shall we? Uh, food and Maybe before we dive into food, we should talk about what we're drinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't even wow. talk about what we were drinking because we're so used to A lot of times we record these, we don't have a cocktail in front of us. We're just sipping on wine or something. But you guys are on theme for tonight. I know. Wow. You've really got our life together. right? No, we don't at all. But it sounds like it. Uh, No, we're drinking Lavender Fogs. We are. We are from the Enchanted Rose, which we will talk about. But it's a combination of gin, tea, creme de violet, cream, a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of simple. Delicious. You know, we love a bougie tea cocktail. Yes. And I've messed with this recipe a lot just to try to finesse it and get it right. And I think this is the closest I've ever been. I I would say yes. The only thing that's missing is a bougie, like the bougie like garnish. Oh, yeah, I, don't, well. I don't even know what's on there. Did you whip what the is foam that? at the top of it? Because like it has that foam on the top. Oh, no. I, oh, I got that. I got that foam oh, just from shaking. I'm sorry that I I'm sorry that shaking. I ever doubted you. <laughs> I am a professional at home bartender. OK, <laughs> I'm sorry. in here, in my mind. Uh, of, of course. Of course I did. But it, when it when I poured them out, I was like, wow, this actually looks, I was like, this looks pretty darn close and it tastes phenomenal. So I'm going to pat myself on the back. I would have made it with you, but Colin told me he was making this about an hour before we <laughs> recorded. And then I realized they don't sell the creme de violet anywhere in the state of Oregon. So catch me making this in a future episode where we somehow talk about Enchanted Rose yet again. Because <laughs> we've got hard to do. We'll oh, bring it up really. every single time. <laughs> this has been brought up quite a few times already. So, But this recipe, Colin's perfected recipe, as close to perfection yes. as we've gotten so far, will be over on yes. our Patreon. Yes, we will post it for you and you can let me know. The last time we went to Enchanted Rose was before Finn was born. And the what they come out to our table and they say, the one drink we do not have tonight is Lavender Fog. And I was like, oh. so it's been a little while since I've actually had it. So I, you know, I want to make, I want to be sure. I had a lot. We should. Oh, did you? And I also ordered it oh. vodka one time oh. instead of gin. It is much better with gin. 
I just think it works Absolutely. better. But if, you know, if you're a vodka girly, you can get it with vodka. They'll swap it out for you. Absolutely. Just that those floral notes, especially with the tea, would be probably really good, especially with the violet as well. So you should do a cost breakdown. Hmm? You should. You know, like how much this is versus how much per drink. There. Correct. It is 1850 at Enchanted Rose. So I will be interested. Th- this was five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not wrong. <laughs> Nope. No, I, I mean, sure. But anyway, let's dive into food. Let's dive into food because we actually have, for this resort, we have we started with probably the biggest food, res- one of the biggest food resorts in general with so many options. We did. And there are a lot of places. And I will say not all of them are back from COVID. I feel the Grand Floridian is one of the places where everything has not been restored yet and not brought back to pre-COVID states. And I think that'll be obvious when we start talking about the food, but there are a lot of options that are opened. And even with just those options, it's still more than most resorts. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess we can start by talking about the things that aren't open. Yeah. So currently unopened is 1900 Park Fair, which is Grand Floridian's character dining. Yes. And it's Alice in Wonderland, correct? Alice in Wonderland, Mary Poppins. It's honestly mostly face characters. Um, and not, you know, like the um, the Winnie the Pooh and the Eeyore. Like you're you're going to be visited by someone who's going Winnie to speak to you. So, well, Winnie the Pooh is there too, because for breakfast they have the super califragilistic breakfast, and oh, the characters right. pop in, like pop in. Mary Poppins, Alice in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter, Tigger, and Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. and then it and it's a buffet. So, again, yes, do it that way you will. And then at night, you are the honored guest of Cinderella and Prince Charming. And I feel like this will go live at a point. I feel like by the time this goes live, there will be an announcement that this is back. Coming back. I I can't imagine why they wouldn't bring it back so yeah, rather than later. Now that pretty much every character dining is open again, there's really no reason for this to not be open. I don't yeah. think. Yep. But if you want a bougie... A bougie style character breakfast that's not Topolino's, this is it. Or dinner, because they do dinner, and it's character yeah. dining at dinner. Now, are they doing a refurbishment in there? Do you know? I actually don't know the answer to that. I I hope they do, because it was a little, eh. There's no yeah. windows. It's just a room. Yeah, and I think with both Citricos and Victorian Alberts getting a facelift, I hope they've done something with this. Because they're all right there in the same little area yeah. together. So. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, we've been there once for breakfast years ago. And all yes. I remember is not really enjoying the face characters. But that's <laughs> us. You know, us. Yeah, that's just a, that's a personal problem. Uh, and it would just... Very generic. Uh, it, normal breakfast. I don't think there's anything crazy. So, no, it, I, it's your run of the mill typical buffet breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but a great stop if you're going to Magic Kingdom, if you want to do character dining, that would be the convenient one. I, if I had to pick, picking between this or Ohana, I probably would pick Hundred Park Fair because I just think it's a little more. I don't love Ohana. That's why. But you know, but also though, but like, <laughs> lack of respect for Chef Mickey's. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, sir, I went to Chef Mickey's on my last trip, and whoosh, that, that, woof, that was rough. It was rough. I am never going back there, period. So she's picking 1900 Park Fair, and it's not even open. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if you want character dining, this is your spot in the Grand Floridian. This is your only spot to get it. Yep. 
But also you do get to see some unique characters like Mary Poppins and Alice in Wonderland and Cinderella and Prince Charming. Yeah, which Prince Charming is a is one you don't often see at meet and greets for sure. Mm-hmm. So the other restaurant here that is not open currently is Narcuzzi's. And the reason it's not open is actually because it's undergoing a refurbishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thank it's God. A little... <laughs> it does need a refurbishment. No, it doesn't. We're going to agree on that for sure. But we don't know what, we don't know any of the details about it. I just hope it seems like, I hope it fits with the resort better. So my like thing with Narcuzzi's, the food there is phenomenal. That Narcuzzi's has phenomenal food. If you love seafood, it is such a good place to go. It's perfectly on the lagoon. You can watch the electrical water pageant from there. You can watch the fireworks. But for me, the vibe killer was the decor. I hated it in there. I felt it was Jersey Shore. You're going and getting like going to one of the little spots there. It's a wood back chair with I felt like plastic, but it was probably fabric, you know, like a padded seat. And like in my mind, it was plastic, but in real life, it was probably fabric. Uh It just felt so cheap to me there. And that's such a weird thing to experience when you're at a place like the Grand Floridian. But the food, the food was so good. Yeah. And I agree with you on the decor. I also thought that the bar was kind of strange. Yeah. It was like kind of sunken. Yeah, like in. sunken yeah. in, and your back when you're at the bar, your back was to the windows. Mm-hmm. They did have kind of an open kitchen when you walked into the left. You can see into the kitchen and see them preparing your meal a little bit. I loved. I think my main thing that I do did love about it was all the windows and the fact that they did have a little patio on the outside where you can go out and watch the fireworks. They did pipe in the music, but I felt that we have sat in a few different places. We've gone there a few times. Quite a few. Yeah, yeah, and and we've sat at a few different places, and there are definitely spots that are not great yeah. to watch the fireworks because it's not like California Grill where even if you're in the back of the restaurant, you can still see because you're pretty high up and you can still see the the fireworks. And obviously, they have their that observation deck. Um, and you know, I felt like when you're closer to the bar, it was harder to see. Um, so I'll be interested to see how they like kind of do the floor plan in there. Yeah. But I do agree with you on the decor and I do agree with the food. I thought the food every single time we had been there, amazing. The scallops were phenomenal. I think that was like the best dish I've had there. I've even had a few pasta dishes there and yeah. they were great, like surprisingly great. It was a go-to for us. I mean, it was, I, my typical thing there was to get either the pork or to get mm-hmm. the filet and they were both fantastic and i think the hard thing about the view there is that you're on lagoon level yeah, you're essentially exactly. level with the lagoon yeah. i will say the 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 porch the patio was kind of a wraparound situation mm-hmm. so if you didn't have a great seat of course you could go stand out on that kind of wraparound porch but you were still lagoon level looking up towards the fireworks it's not like you were looking down into magic kingdom yeah which of course the the view from california grill um rest in peace um <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just gonna ref- always say rest in peace after it but the view is, of course, superior. But one thing that I do think was amazing were the desserts. Yeah. They're some of the best desserts I've ever had in Disney. They had a coconut chocolate creme brulee, which was phenomenal. We had it on my birthday. We had my birthday dinner there, and it was so good. I still remember it to this day. And, of course, their almond cheesecake was, oh. like, legendary. They they say it's, like, the best dessert when they bring it to your table. They say, they say this like, is the best dessert at Disney. Yes, and I don't know if it's because that is a thing or they have just said that it is. But 
we have we went there for many like anniversaries and birthdays and every single time they gave us a free piece of that the mini uh, they gave us a miniature one yes of the almond cheesecake and it is it was it's so, so good. good. So it's almost like it's like a cheesecake but the almonds are scales on the outside of it almost like ah. so it's completely encompassed and then it's got this amazing raspberry sauce on it it is so good so i hope that comes back at least but I would like to take bets since we're we know that Disney listens. I want to take bets on what we think is going to be rethemed to. Sebastian's classy Sebastian's. I'm trying. Well, I'm trying to think because the rest of the resort is all things British. So you have Mary Poppins over at Citricos, and then 1900 Park Fair really goes with all the British characters like the Mad Hatter and Alice in Wonderland. What are other British? Me googling. What are other rich so, Disney movies? What What is your thoughts, Colin? I I'm just trying to think of like you know even in the Peter floor, Pan. Uh, Peter Pan. That was my guess. So even in, even in, even in the floor, they have the little like the marble floor. It's beautiful. If you have if you're in the lobby, look down at that the the artwork in the marble floor. But they have kind of marble etchings of silhouettes of the characters, and one of them is Peter Pan, Wendy, mm -hmm. flying. But I don't know how they're going to work Peter Pan into that. I don't know. But I just hope, like Bethany said, it kind of brings those rich tones, those gem tones of the the beautiful sapphire tones in Enchanted Rose, the amazing emeralds and purples that are in Citricoast. Like, I hope it's just light and it's fresh and it's beautiful in there. But maybe it will be another situation where it's a slight nod. Citricoast is a slight nod to Mary right. Poppins and we'll get there. But maybe it's a slight it's nod to face. Peter Pan. Maybe it's a slight nod to Alice in Wonderland. Um, see Alice I could see. But Alice I wonder. I wonder if they'll go themed because it just seems like that's what they're doing. I hope so. I would not even be mad if it was Peter Pan. Narcoosies would become my dad's and your mom, Colin. <laughs> they would become. Oh my god! Favorite. You give them to Carol in any situation, I'd be so happy. <laughs> Sold. Sold. Um, I. But I feel I would be very happy because the hardest sell for me previously before they closed for refurbishment was the theming. It's just. I just hate it. I genuinely want to love that restaurant because the food is that good, and it. I struggled. Do you yeah. think they're gonna do, like, what type of food do you think they're gonna do? I think because, it's seafood. Yeah, I, I really think they should go seafood, just because what? Where is there a seafood restaurant? Am I blanking on one? No, but no. I, I believe the old Citricos was a little bit more. The menu of old Citricos was yeah. a little bit geared more geared towards seafood. Yeah, it, it but, was. So it was. maybe this will be. I hope it's seafood. That spot on the lagoon right there, I think, is perfect for a seafood restaurant. They need to just fully embrace it. Maybe it'd be like Mermaid Mermaid Lagoon, you know? Ah, would love that. Wouldn't even be mad. No. But yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll wait. We'll see when we hear about that. Yeah. Can I imagine if we're waiting and seeing and then we're going to be like, you know what? Nah, we're just going to make it something random. Like, it's not going to be a restaurant <laughs> anymore. I know. It's just going to be a building <laughs> of some kind. Maybe maybe they'll turn it into a a, a very expensive suite. Huh? <laughs> I mean, we might have to. If you're it. listening, yeah. <laughs> but that being said, I hope at this point in this podcast we get to break in and announce that Narcuzzi's is coming back and they announced a reopening date because you know we record these not you know right when they go to air. So I'm really hoping right. that happens. I'm hoping we nice. details. And we call it the theme. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be amazing. Yahtzee. Mm -hmm. And there's, I believe, one other place at the Grand Flow that still isn't open. And that yes. would be the Garden View Tea Room. Yes. Which, you know, I always kind of thought that that location was kind of strange. Yeah. Everyone else did. Like, 
it's kind of it's like tucked back Mm -hmm. and but I I don't know I mean it always looked very cute when it was open and we walked by and you know all the kids are having their tea with their dolls and they they have the little princess like parade type of thing yeah when they teach you to wave yeah like I thought it it, is so cute and I I do I do hope that they bring that back because I think that a tea room is very Grand Floridian I agree oh absolutely I agree. I had never gone to tea there, but I did stop there on the highway in the sky dine around the like dinner mm. thing that Disney used to do, the dinner tour. And you went down there and had charcuterie and that. But that is one that I wish would come back because my mother loves a good afternoon tea. If Dar loves anything in life, it is a tea room. So I really want that to come back. She would embrace every single moment of going to any style tea room. She loves it. So if that comes back, though, I agreed that they would do how we talked about other things, minimal theming. And I think that would be Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Because oh, what what more do you need? So that being said, I think that Narcoosies could easily be Peter Pan. Because I think it could be a nod to all these British, like, Disney films. and yep. Like, the films set in England. And in my opinion, the tea room would 100% go to Alice in Wonderland because it's Alice in Wonderland. Absolutely. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I, I think this is a great idea, but technically Beauty and the Beast was in France. That is true. So we could, it's just like foreign, you know, we could do, we could branch out, not just British. We could do, I don't know, Snow White. That's true. Because Snow White's what, Germany? Yeah. Snow White is Germany. So could be Snow White. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think that Alice in Wonderland for a tea room is a no-brainer. That yeah. They should have done that when they opened the place. Yeah. But, like, Snow White, I, I don't know. It's just something. It could be anything. Huh? I don't disagree thinking of that because I didn't even put that together. Why Beauty and the Beast made an appearance there all of a sudden. Because mm-hmm. we're not mad about it. <laughs> we're, no. <laughs> we're never no. mad about the Enchanted Rose. No. So let's head to the quick service location in a Grand Floridian that is Gasparilla Island Grill. It's located in the back of the resort. It's open from 6 a.m. till midnight. And this is a pretty standard run-of-the-mill quick service location. It's got burger sandwiches, pizzas. It's got chicken nuggets and hot dogs. I mean, my biggest gripe is that the self-service ice cream is gone. And my thought is dead. (laughs) Yep, gone. They're gone. Self-service ice cream. I'd like to say it's a casualty of COVID, but I feel like they were gone before that, <laughs> probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, unfortunately, they, they have seasonal desserts here. They have a lot of seasonal items when they come out with those foodie guides for all the holidays. Generally, you'll find a lot of seasonal stuff here, but I don't really have much else to add about Gasparilla. I mean, it's not really the most overwhelming quick service option. Underwhelming. I've been there a few times and it's been under, I, I have been underwhelmed. It's been, it's nothing special. Some would call it underwhelming. Yeah, I, it's nothing special. I think, too, when you have the level of food you do have at the Grand Floridian, it makes it very difficult to do a quick service and keep it basic. Yes. Because you expect so much more out of it, and then you go, and it is your basic quick service, and nothing's, like, really crazy on the menu. You look at it, and there's, like, a Greek salad or an Italian sandwich or a blackened chicken sandwich. But mm-hmm. nothing stands out. And anytime the word flatbread appears in a lot of situations for me at Disney, it's just like a no. I mean, it says it's on house-made dough, but mm, maybe I'll have to go give it a chance because I just, it's not my thing. No, no. And especially when, like, I, I just think to, like, let's say French Quarter and their quick mm-hmm. service. And they have some very unique items 
that are very, you know, true to the French Quarter theme. And I just feel like this is missing the mark. I don't really know what theme I expected, I guess, but it, I think I just expected maybe more elevated food, especially from some place that you are paying a boatload of money to stay at. Yeah, you're not wrong. If you're paying $700 a night, are you really like going for the $6.49 iridescent cupcake? Nobody's going for that cupcake anyway, but... No. If you love it, you do you, boo. We love that for you. So stepping it way up. Uh. Way up. Uh, let's go to Enchanted Rose. Well, so we really have to talk about it, only that... because I think we've talked about it about maybe oh. a thousand times. Yeah, we have. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm, I think we're being serious. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, yes, because someone might just listen to this one by themselves. No, I'm kidding. It is... I mean, Bella and I have both said it's our favorite lounge in all of Disney. So I feel yes. like that speaks volumes enough. I've had every food on the menu, and I actually don't think we've talked about it on the podcast since that's happened. I have tried every single food on the menu, and it's all phenomenal. No notes. No notes. <laughs> I, I actually have notes, and it is about the smoked fish dip, because I do love me a fish dip, and I don't love it there. But everything else, so good. And honestly, all the drinks are so good <laughs> they can't do anything wrong the only thing they need to bring back is that like mm-hmm. make it in front of you drink Bar- yep the cocktail table side table side cocktails which it's only about time but that place in general is phenomenal there is there is nothing wrong with it's enchanted rose it's beautiful and what i love about it too is there's the main bar area with the seating in that room and then kind of on the offset that that room that shoots out to the right then they have an outdoor patio area then they have another room that you can also get service in that has the same theme i think it's a little bit more quiet because it's not there's not a bar in there yeah um you know a waiter will come and take your order and you know bring you drinks in that room but you don't have an actual bar in there so i i do find i like that room sometimes a little bit more yeah. Than the main area. But both rooms are beautiful. They have some lovely decor from the live action Beauty and the Beast movie. It's I don't I doubt it's the actual um, you know, things from the set. But they have Cogsworth and uh, Lumiere, Lumiere, Mrs. Potts. Mrs. Potts. The colors are beautiful. It just has a really great vibe that I love. And they also have seating right outside. Yeah. As and, well. Yeah, facing the lobby, yeah. Yes. Which there's just plenty of seating, which I don't think you can you find that too often at most lounges or bars in in Disney. I feel like sometimes the seating is a little bit limited, but they definitely used the space that they had to create more seating, which I love. But I will go here every single time. I I have no I have no notes, you know. No, you you go, you order anything on the menu, you're going to be impressed. There is yeah. no there there that bar can do nothing wrong. No, I even went while I was pregnant and had mocktails, and they were they were good. They were an actual mocktail. They weren't just juice, which I very much appreciated. So I think you really, again, anything would be good. So, yeah, yeah. I think I have to shout out specifically to the whiskey based cocktails. I think they do whiskey cocktails really well here. I mean, of course, the seasonal old fashioned is phenomenal, oh, and I we, I believe we've discovered that there's two main seasonal cocktails they have the cranberry rosemary and then they also have the kind of that mixed berry and they have um, the peach one is good too they have a a white peach yeah you better stop it we just have Uh, to go back it's fine darn yeah but the seasonal is always wonderful yeah um also the rye knot is fantastic my god one of my favorite drinks 
And here's the thing. It is such a good drink and somehow I don't order it often because there are so many other good drinks on the menu there. And it, you'll catch me ordering the Lavender Fog or the Seasonal Old Fashioned, but that Rye Knot is just perfectly balanced. It's phenomenal. It's one of my favorite. Honestly, throw Whistle Pig at anything and I'm here for it. So such a good one. So it's Whistle Pig 10-year rye whiskey with Grin Marnier, cinnamon, pineapple, and lemon. It's pricey, but uh, to be frank, it's- Oh, cool. she's she's $25. <laughs> but um, so is the seasonal old-fashioned. We just have to sacrifice it she, and say yes. She's 26. <laughs> it's fine. But honestly, I will say that all the drinks here are worth the money. Mm-hmm. Are they pricey? Yes, but they're putting in quality ingredients. They're beautifully crafted, beautifully balanced cocktails that I'm happy to get any of the cocktails on this list. But this is a must. This, you, you can't you can't skip this. No. You got to go. If you haven't been, go. Yeah, this is your sign to go there. It is. And then they have two other bars, mm-hmm. which are pool bars. Because they have two pools, which, like two main pools, which I think is unique because not every resort has two. I mean, they're both pretty much main pools. I mean, they right. both have a bar, which is yes. unusual. Yes. So normally you get the main pool and then a quiet pool, but here they have... Two pools with two bars, which I like. And the bars are traditional pool bars. Yep. Yeah, traditional pool bars. I will say the one by kind of the more family-oriented pool with the one that has like the water features and the slides and is connected to the kids' Alice in Wonderland splash pad um, has a little bit more bar seating. So you can sit and you can have some food. That's where the cabanas are as well that you can rent. And the other pool, the courtyard pool, it's just a little bit more chill. It kind of seems like that's a little more adult's. Yeah, um, I like that pool. I do too. It's it's great. That's uh, where I met Josh tomorrow. Wow. Thank you for this lovely stay. And this lovely cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> Pina Calaba. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, but let's be honest. If I'm going to a pool bar at Disney and they don't have a signature drink menu, I'm going to order the Pina Calaba. It's a Pina Colada yeah, with it. raspberry. It's delicious. It is good. Don't get it. Don't, <laughs> not not hating. But yeah, so that, that wraps up the loungers and the bars here. Let's go on to main dining. I mean, let's go to Citric Coast. Like, let's be honest. Let's go. We'll touch on Victoria and Alberts, and we all are not experts because we haven't been, and it's just not worked in our schedule. Like, it's on the list. But Citric Coast for us is just, it is the best signature dining in Disney right now, in my opinion. <gasps> it is. Oh, my gosh. No, I, I feel that. Bethany, say it again like you mean it. <laughs> everything about it the decor the service the food the presentation of the food is just next Beautiful. level and is it pricey absolutely but the cocktail list is phenomenal and beautifully presented there is nothing that citricos can do wrong they have the main dining area they also have the lounge and i will say before we dive into food it is slightly easy easy take that as you will to get a reservation there there are same day reservations available for citric coast so my advice is to check the app because i feel this is just not talked about enough and people are still sleeping on citric coast i totally think they are sleeping on citric coast and i think the reason why i have also been sleeping on citric coast is only because i think topolino rigatoni before now was the best dish in yeah. Disney uh, for pre, me. Pre-truffle. Yeah, pre-truffle. Pre-truffle. And ever since I've heard that the truffle does not add to it, my mind goes to another dish. And it was a runner-up for me. I think it was your favorite. It's mm-hmm. always been your favorite. Is the roulade of chicken. It is 
so good. And that's why Citrico's is my number one. I mean, there's so many reasons. Like you said, Bethany, I mean, the decor, the service, the everything. But this roulade of chicken. It's so is, good. And like, I don't, I don't, who gets chicken? You know, like, like who goes to a restaurant? But okay, chicken and corn cakes, because that's what yeah. it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you basically look at it on the menu, it's not giving you elevated as it is in real life. Correct. Yes, it is chicken, braised kale, corn cake, romesco sauce, and roasted turnips. And like that doesn't sound fancy, right? Doesn't no. sound like the rigatoni. No. Let but let me let me take this. <laughs> I've you been on this one. I've been on this train for years. <laughs> <laughs> for years. And there's no room for no, I'm kidding. There's plenty of room. Come on over. But this roulade of chicken, oh my gosh. So it's it's beautifully rolled. It is moist. The skin, mm-hmm. the crispy chicken skin on the outside is so good. And it's not a corn cake. It is a souffle. It is a corn cake souffle. It is light. It is airy. It is so delicious. That sauce, that that jus that they put around the outside, holy moly. It is one of the best dishes. It is my favorite dish that I've had at Disney. Honestly, and sound. Now that I had this and I had the Topolino's rigatoni back to back nights, and it wasn't like there was a clear winner, and it was a hundred percent this roll out of chicken. It is just so good. It can do no wrong. It covers all the bases where it has your chicken and it has your side, and it comes. The roasted turnips are phenomenal. I don't even consider myself like a big turnip fan, but geez, the the texture of them, the flavor of them, everything is perfect. Like. We could do a whole podcast episode about the roulade of chicken because I think it is that good. But I also flash back to the first time we ever all hung out together and we were sitting in Trader Sam's and I like introed you guys for the first time. And I was like, oh, this is Colin and Bella. And I was like, what's your favorite dish in Disney? And this was Colin's favorite dish. So he has been on this train for a very long time. So you are the conductor and Bella and I have now hopped on the back and we're like the people, you know, that run after the train to catch on. That's us. We were not stopped at a station. We are sprinting after the train right now because we were on, we were conducting, still conducting the Tobolino's train. (laughs) And now we're we're desperately flailing to get on this train and we're fine with it. And everyone on the train is like, I think you have two people, I, I think you should slow down. And I'm like, Full steam. It's <laughs> like, like, I've been on my own island for so long. <laughs> that's right. I don't know how to share. They can um, work for this, okay? That's right. Yes. But it, I mean, it's amazing. It's really good. But I also, I mean, they have some other delicious sounding things. Everything is so good there. <laughs> Two, the house-made rigatoni is also wonderful. It's plant-based. It's got bolognese. It's got seasonal vegetables. With head of the woods mushrooms and a plant-based egg yolk. That was good. Yes. And it looks like an egg. It cracks like an egg yolk. It yes. adds this creaminess to the dish that if you were, you know, to do a carbonara or something where you're adding an egg yolk to it, it gives the yep. same exact quality, but it's made out of tomatoes. It's mind-blowing. It is the reverse saffirification that is the olives at Haleo. <laughs> yes. And it is so good. I absolutely love this one. It's beautiful. It is giving me woodland creature, and I'm here for it. Yeah, Always. in a good way. Not yeah. like not like the mushroom ravioli at California. Not the Girl. forest floor. Yeah, yeah, not that one. Um, and then also, obviously, the best salad in all of Disney World. Yep. Hands down. Is the strawberry salad with chamomile-infused goat cheese, which is 
Just stop there. I know, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it is cheese with a little bit of lettuce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Exactly. And I'm here for this. So. For sure, and for sure. The beautifully macerated strawberry, right? Yes. And the bacon vinaigrette. Bacon. I know, it's so oh. good. We got that salad. I got the plant-based rigatoni and you got the chicken, mm-hmm. of course. And that salad, like, I, I just, it came to our table and I was like, wow, that's beautiful, first of yes. all. The cheese it was on the bottom of the plate, so every time you got a bite, you could get the cheese. Yep. Brilliant. Bethany ordered two of them. I did <laughs> order two of them at one meal. I got it, at, and then I, like, ordered my meal, and then I was like, you know what? I think I want to revisit the salad, though. It's like when you're at a wine taste, and you're like, can I revisit this wine? That's how I felt about the salad. I was like, I'm just going to order another one because I'm not going to be happy leaving here unless I have a second one. Everything about it is just absolutely phenomenal. They even put little edible flowers on it that give it... It's gorgeous. You already have the pop of color from the strawberries, but those beautiful edible flowers, it's just... It is a work of art. And it's delicious. It is. And then also, dessert. Ugh. Oh. I know. <laughs> the I, chocolate tart. I think these are the three, like almost best things in all of Disney. The strawberry salad's the best salad. The chicken is the best entree. And this tort is the best dessert. Yep. Number one, dessert. I dare you. (laughs) I dare you. Look me in the face and name me a better dessert. No, but it is the combination, again, of us with the dark chocolate and the cherry. That's all fun. It is chocolate tour with all the drama. And it has all the drama on the presentation. The plate is beautifully designed with cocoa powder Mm -hmm. to mimic the design of the restaurant uh, literally like the pattern in the restaurant is made in cocoa powder on the plate mm-hmm. and it's like a tort with this beautiful chocolate collar and then you break the collar and it just cherry runs out oh my god is it amazing yeah i have again no notes no notes on this no one. notes it's like it's like the enchanted rose at studios yeah. but like the uh, the the most yeah yeah, yeah. correct it leveled be, up you know, it's, it's many levels up but it's the same type which of... is why i think we love that so much because yeah. yes. i think that we had that and this is like the in park version of that you yes. know what i'm saying yes this is, phenomenal this is the mom and this has been around for a while and it's perfection and that enchanted rose in hollywood studios is like the baby and it's, it's a baby be, it's just a baby it's being yeah. nurtured but mm-hmm. it is so good i just feel like citricos can just do no wrong. These are the top dishes that I recommend to everybody because this is a perfect meal. And you can even make it more perfect because I, for the first time, had this old fashioned here, which is crazy that Colin and I have been here multiple times and neither one of us ordered this old fashioned. But there are a lot of great drinks on the menu. I personally love the cucumber vodka martini. It's gray goose. It's just perfection. It comes with a little like wavy cucumber on the top. But the 1806 old fashioned whistle pig, chef made orange reduction, mezcal. It comes with a little orange peel, clothespin to your class. I stop it. I took one sip of this and I was like, my mind has been blown. This is the best old fashioned in all of Disney. It just is so well rounded and so easily drinkable that it's dangerous. My server was like, Have you ever had it? And I said, No. And he was like, you're going to love it. And he was not wrong. I should have just ordered multiple of those when I was there at dinner, but I was trying to be what? No, this is no. the best old fashioned in Disney. Oh my gosh. And just when it, to, the thought of Mezcal in the old fashioned is just like, why did I never 
think of that. But it's not overly smoky. Like, it doesn't hit you in the face. I don't love the overly smoky drinks, but this to me is like a light old-fashioned where, you know, I think you get the one at California Grill that has, you know. Oh, yeah. The maple, the The vanilla. makes it heavier. And I just, this one to me is just perfection. It fits the theme of the restaurant where it feels like a light and airy old-fashioned, which is like not a way I would ever describe an old-fashioned, but it's so good. But here we are. I'm but just I think... saying, best salad, best dinner, best dessert, best old-fashioned. What? what you said want? it, though. You said it's the best overall meal. And that's yeah. why I've always been a fan yeah. of Citricose. Because from beginning to end, it is the perfect meal. Yeah. I will say, thinking to Topolino's, the rigatoni before the trouble. The meal, I mean, they have amazing appetizers and obviously the ricotta. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But I think where they they falter is their dessert. I agree. I like it, but this is better. And I think that's why it's the best overall meal at Citrico's than Topolino's. And I know Topolino's has uh, has anywhere else on property. Yeah, yeah, but but here's the thing: like you compare those two, right? I mean, I, I think naturally they're of the same too. tier, absolutely. And yeah. I think California Girl wasn't there before the prefix menu. Now it's not, and I think that you are totally correct on this is the best overall meal for sure because because of every single like, you can leave and have the best in Disney in every every. Mm-hmm. Part of your meal. <laughs> yes. And I'll also say, I think the other place where Topolino's lags, this is me being nitpicky at this point. When you get a dish delivered to you at Citricos, it gives you Remy vibes of how it's plated and presented yes. to you. It is fancy. It's not just like, oh, here is rigatoni in a plate, which I mean, obviously we love it. But when this rigatoni comes out to you, it has that tomato egg in the middle and then it has all these different sprouts situation around the outside like the dishes are there to please your eye well before it ever pleases your stomach and i think that that is what also sets this apart and that could be in a large factor to like when it reopened victorian alberts was not reopened and so israel who is the manager at victorian alberts was at citricos for a very long time and I think he brought that level of presentation and food to Citricos. And even though he's back now at Victorian Alberts, I think that it's stayed alive there. So I don't know if it's all him, but cheers to Israel because I feel like he is Honestly. such a large part of why Citricos is as great as it is now. So as we say, I hope your pillow is cold every, every night. night. Every night, sir. I hope you have the coldest pillow ever and I hope you are enjoying it every single night. You deserve it. So if we haven't convinced you to go at this point, but I'm just saying, if you haven't been, if you haven't been, book it now. Pause this episode, book it now. And for starters, get the strawberry salad, get the roulotte chicken, get the chocolate torte, get the old fashioned. You will have one of the best meals in Disney. Mm-hmm. And done. one of the best meals, period. 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 I mean... Yeah, I think it's a great place to bring people that aren't Disney lovers. Like, you can convince them to be Disney adults at that point because yeah, that that's is, fine dining. That is that fine, is fine dining. dining. It is the the flawless experience of Disney where you just feel like you're in another world and you can watch the fireworks from Grand Flow and enjoy dinner. What more do you want? Uh, nothing. Nothing. And that, to me, like, 
not to be nostalgic about like our trips together, but that one night that we went to Magic Kingdom and it was like sunsetty, and then we walked and we had dinner at Citricos for the first time. It was like such a perfect night. Like it was like such a great date night. I know. I was literally about to say date night. Like yeah. we talked about this was date like night recently. This yeah. Is it? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's perfection. Like this whole. Yeah. And they have a lounge. They have a lounge. So even if you don't get a reservation, you can walk up to the lounge. And the lounge also has, oh my gosh, California girl, take notes, lounge seating. Like Stop actual it. tables of lounge seating, but you can also sit at the bar. So to me, it's just no better. It's. For me, it's all the people that agreed with me about the the lounge seating dying and being sad. Because so yeah. many people have been like, oh my God, I agree, I agree, I agree. Go sit in Citra Coast Lounge and yeah. they're going to be like, oh my God, California Grill. And you're going to be like, I'm sorry, who? I don't know her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But California what? I'm at Citra Coast Lounge. Thank you. This restaurant is perfection to me. You can't you can't go wrong with it. Well, we're leaving Citra Coast and then either going to Victorian Alberts or Grand Floridian Cafe. Wait, those we never even touched on Grand Flow Cafe. <laughs> and I'm not saying that was intentional on my part, but it probably was. Well, when we went to Citricos, I was like, well, we can we can break up the, the classy with Grand Floridian Cafe and then go to Victoria and Albert. It's like such a hard <laughs> Yeah, that's all you guys, because I at no point in time have ever defended Grand Floridian Cafe. I'm not going to defend it too much, but I... No, no, I, I have my reasons. Go ahead. I have my reasons. I'll sit and listen to you two speak about it. Okay, well, Grand Floridian Cafe. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's what it is. Oh my god! I, this is this where we go. I don't hate it. I I don't hate it. I just don't. I, I what? I don't hate it. If we were staying in Grand Floridian, I would potentially go for their Bloody Mary. Wow! Killing, just saying, killing it on the menu there, Grand Floridian. Their menu is fine. It's it's not doing anything for me. They do have avocado toast, which I've talked about before. I love avocado toast. It's not the best avocado toast I've ever had in Disney World, though. There's just other places that I'd rather go. Their roasted tomato and feta quiche. Were you just going to talk about that? That is good. I, I'll give it to you. I will give it to you. That one is good. Yeah. So here, here's here's my defense. My my defense is if I'm looking at the loop and I want to get a breakfast, a full, I want to have a full breakfast before I go to Magic Kingdom, I'm going to pick Grand Floridian Cafe. You're not going to make Steakhouse 71? <laughs> <laughs> Sir. Bottomless mimosas. I am going to, I'm, I mean, I really enjoy Call the Bloody Marys really good. It's now committing Stop, yourself. stop. <laughs> stop. All I'm, all, I'm saying, all I'm saying is I was right about Citricos and you're now on my train. That's no, all I'm saying. I am. I will never be boarding the train. You can hit me with the train. It got that for getting on this. See? She said the same thing about the rigatoni. She said the same thing and it changed. And all I'm saying is you came crawling back to Citricos. I'm just saying that Kev in order for me to get on this playing field, I would need Steakhouse I 71 to get rid of bottomless mimosas, the tequila sunrise. I would also need to get rid of Walt's hash, their seasonal pancakes, and the sampler. All of those need to be eliminated from the menu before I ever get on this train. So they got a lot more work for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not my go-to for sure on the loop. You really would choose this over Steakhouse 71? 
I would because the meal the meal at Seiko Seventy One did not blow me away. The pancakes oh, were the steak the, and eggs too. The steak and eggs it's were bad, and and the pancakes were fine. Like if I have if I have to pick, I'm gonna pick this quiche. This quiche is it, wonderful. I will back you up on that. It is it's a good a quiche. Wonderful quiche. It's not. I'm not a huge breakfast eater too. I don't like eating a huge breakfast. It's a perfectly sized quiche with amazing roasted tomato in it. Comes with three slices of watermelon too. Like it's a great plate. You can get a great. The mimosa is huge. Is. The bloody mary is huge. It is. I endless. <laughs> no. No. I'm kidding. No. But then the I'm just. Mimosa says what you're saying. And I'm in my Grand Floridian. Like, I'm happy. Okay. Can I be happy? Yeah. Live our best life, Colin. I'm very sorry that I doubted you. But, like, Bethany's just laying down in a tray and being like, kill me with this trade. Yeah, and I'm just like, I'm just happy having my quiche and having my mimosa and being in the Grand Floridian. I did that for you. But Bella and I will both be at Steakhouse 71. She might That's get to wait for a quiche every once in a while. But I, feel and it's, like it's I mainly, it's mainly because of the avocado toast. You know, it's it's better over at C Casa Day One. That's a yeah. one comparison. Yeah, I mean, that is a one to one, absolutely. And yeah. I'm one to oneing this quiche, and it's winning. Oh no, so. no, the quiche is very good, and they yeah. do have other good things. They have a banana Foster style steel cut oatmeal. So, like, if oatmeal is your thing, that's probably they also delicious. Have, they have a great fried chicken and waffle too. Oh it yeah, is, I won't. Lie. It I is actually do delicious. Like it. <laughs> it's so good. It, it's a malted waffle with sriracha honey drizzle and fried chicken. It is really good. And that's, I mean, of course, like I said, I'm not a huge big breakfast eater. It is a bigger portion, but it is delicious. So those two things, I'm going to crave a little more than the food at Steakhouse 71 for breakfast. And I apologize for everyone that hates me for that. But no. I, that's my choice. That's it's my choice. Opinion. And I'm happy. And I'm happy. They also have the traditional eggs Benedict and, their and the lobster, lobster, the lobster Benedict, Benedict which I've gotten. And I don't see it on their menu now, but they used to have a Benedict sampler. And they had the traditional, yeah. they had a lobster, and then I think the other one was like spinach and like like a veggie. It was, yeah, it was a spinach, yeah. Um, and they were very good. So like I haven't had necessarily a bad meal there. I think my, and like I like I said, I love the Bloody Mary. It's very good. Yeah. But I think my biggest issue with it is it needs to be refurbished like the rest yeah. of I mean, or do you feel like you're sitting in your grandmother's foyer? Yes, yes, yes absolutely. I mean, yes. you totally do. I mean, it, it is what it is. But I mean, it's it's bright. The windows are open. You're looking out at the Grand Floridian. Steakhouse 71, there's not a window no. to be found. Yeah. Like, I just like the light. I like the feeling. I We ate there right before we went on our honeymoon cruise. Like, I just yeah. have nice feelings about it. So, like, I, was, I mean, nostalgia, if you haven't figured this out for me by now, nostalgia plays a big part in my decisions <laughs> and why I like going places. Sue me. But I'm going to be there. I'm going to be happy. You know come over. Come with me. Have a quiche. Think, have a chicken and waffle. I think breakfast is significantly better than lunch and dinner. Like, oh, we Yes, actually, I'm not even talking lunch and dinner. Lunch, I'm just saying breakfast. Yep. Because there's not a lot of... Like, I always say, leave Magic Kingdom and go somewhere else for lunch every single time. Then I'm going to Steakhouse 71 for sure. For the burger every single time. But on that, like lunch and dinner to me are like probably passable and I just don't love them. So I think that that is what has tainted my memory of breakfast is how much I hate lunch and dinner. It's just so unimpressive. It's like diner vibes of like, yes, it's fine. It yes. does a job. And, and it's, it's so funny because whenever I think Grand Floridian Cafe, I never think lunch or dinner. I no. only think breakfast. Me neither. And ways boy. We've been there for dinner once. Yeah. Once. And I can't even, to be honest, oh, you know what? I got their miso glazed salmon. I remember. It was fine. 
I know. I, I feel this is on my list of I'm on my kick of doing every restaurant in Disney World, and I definitely don't have great footage of this. I've been here, but um, so I know I have to go back, and it's on my list of things. I'm like not pumped to go back, but I should just do breakfast is what we're saying. But, he, but here's the thing. Like, I do think that it should just be open for breakfast and lunch because why would you go there Yeah, for dinner? When I'm sorry, I, I feel like the quality for dinner is going to be the quality that they have at their quick service. For me, whenever I think about the place, I definitely think about breakfast only. And we've been there only once for dinner and then a few times for breakfast. So, yeah. Huh. But we can't. That's my thesis. <laughs> that is your thesis. Honestly, your entire paper is about <laughs> the Grand Floridian. Uh, but we can't talk about the Grand Floridian without n- mentioning the creme de la creme of restaurants in Disney that none of us have been to. So we have no actual <laughs> reviews, which we've tried. I don't, I think reservations were the issue because I was like, why didn't we go to Victorian Alberts over to Missouri Paul when we were there? Reservation. Yeah. It's a hard one to snag. We had a lot of people looking for us too. And they couldn't find anything. We couldn't find anything. It's hard to get in. And I think one of our things is like, even we've talked about a trip in April, we're already past reservations at this point. So I think our lack of plotting great trips is that is our biggest downfall for Victorian yeah. Alberts because it's on our list and we will 100% eat there in a heartbeat without any hesitation. Like we can't wait to eat there. I know this is on all of our bucket lists. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, easily. This easily. Is, is the Disney bucket list. This is the Disney dining spot. I just think about how much I loved Remy. Yeah. I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine. I'm afraid of how much I'm going to love Victoria and Albert's. Like, I'm afraid because I'm like, how can I love it that much and not go there? Like, I'm going to have to go again if I love it that much. I know. And everybody that's been to Victoria and Albert say it is the top experience. And obviously, it's on our list. And it just... Hasn't worked out for us yet, but it will. And when it does, we will give a full review. And I just know in my soul, it will not be a Monsieur Paul review. Like it will be. I know it. Perfection. I think we're owed. You know yeah. what I mean? The universe owes us for that. It really does. It really does. But I, I mean, I hear amazing things. I mean, I hear the ambiance. I hear they have the heart. They have a heart player yeah. in there, like setting a, setting a, setting a whole scene, setting a whole vibe. They have a water pairing. They have a zero-proof cocktail pairing. They have a cocktail pairing. They have a wine pairing. It unbelievable. We're drinking it all when we go is what I'm saying. We're getting the water. All of we're it. getting the zero-proof. We're yep. getting the wine. We're getting... Give us all. We're getting it all. We we're getting it all. Because if we're going, we're going to do it. If you're going to do it, do it. Yes. But I cannot wait for the day. And I would be... I'm so excited to go. And I'm so excited to share everything with everyone if we go. Well, not yes. with when. When yeah, we yeah. go. I go. can't wait. Yep. I can't wait either. It's going to be an excellent time. Okay. So let's dive into some foodie news. Foodie news. Shall we? We have some breaking foodie news. Yeah. Generally breaking. Flower and garden menus are out. Yes. It's that wonderful time of year. Which is great because flower and garden starts on Wednesday. (laughs) Really cutting it. They really were. They really were. They were waiting for Italy submissions. They they were. And, you know, Italy should have just stayed home. (laughs) 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 So true. Let's just dive in. I mean, I think you said it. I think at this point, it's just like we haven't even tasted the food, but the festival card has been revoked. It, like it's you have so to turn bad. it in. I opened the menu, like opened the foodie guide. I have been waiting for these to come out. And the first thing I read from Italy is a Caesar salad. A Caesar <laughs> salad. 
<laughs> with shrimp, Caesar dressing, crispy bread crumble. What about Caesar salad is Italian? Bella, I would like you to answer that as the token Italian on this podcast. <laughs> I have absolutely no clue. Because I want to tell you right now, every single dinner I have ever had with my Italian family, we have never had a Caesar salad in my life. Yeah, I've never, never had not a Caesar once. salad on Italian. It's always been house. like a gar. I mean, look, I hate to say it, but like Olive Garden, what kind of salad do you get? It's that. Yeah. It's 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 lettuce and fresh vegetables, vegetables and a nice vinaigrette and seasoned. You know, it's deliciously seasoned. Yes, wonderfully. No Caesar. There's no, no Caesar salad in there. No, agreed. I mean, and then it doesn't get better. We got a tortellini dish, which also has a garnish on the top that looks exactly like a praying mantis, and I think that was their vibe they were going for. Which so. makes sense with the worms and dirt. <laughs> and then we have pudding yet again. What, what is happening in Italy? Pudding. They had leftover. They had leftover snack packs, and they, they were said, like, "Mix in some hazelnut and call it yes. a day." And they did the Italian hand. This one, you, you uh-huh. can see it. I'm doing uh-huh. it. And they were like, "Let's put some dirt and worms in there." Uh, garden. There's literally they a put the garden in. in. Just yeah. What freaking kills me? I, I I don't understand it at all. I normally on the show don't call for people to be fired, but I'm either going to need Italy to stop submitting things to any festival, done. Italy, we just don't have a booth there anymore. Or I'm going to need someone to be fired. There's no in between. There's I'm no done. In between. I'm a Caesar salad. Who did this? And, like, and honestly, thank God the Italian margarita is back. <laughs> I mean, yet again. Again, there's not, not one new cocktail. You know what? The Italian margarita makes sense with the Caesar salad because Caesar salad's from Mexico. Oh, so, that like, is true. They go they together. Are that, they Mexico. finally That's they them. are championing Mexico. They were like, you know who really has? You know who really does a good job? Mexico. We should go around. But you know what's what's funny is their beverages are very traditional Italian. Right? I mean, Peroni, I mean, uh, yeah. Peroni yeah. Prosecco, Moscato. It would be nice to have like a really nice wine in there, but. They're their food. It's their. I don't. Their person who picks their beverages and their person who makes their food are very different people. Well, here's because, the thing: the person that picked their ve- beverages retired at least ten years ago because yes. we didn't do the beverages change. Correct. They were like so. same. You will do <laughs> that time. again. Yeah. Exactly. But honestly, we talked about this. Where's the Bellini flight? Where where are the where are the the fun yeah. drinks that every other oh, booth just a has? Good glass of wine. I mean. But no, 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 no. That's not even good enough for me because if you walk literally (laughs) right, no, no, because if you walk right across, they have the wine store. They have the wine little shop where you can go and get really great glasses of wine. This is a booth for a festival. Yeah. Yep. Like everywhere is doing flights, different types of ciders, beers, wines, cocktails. Where's my like, where's my Negroni? Again. I will sit here and say we are available to consult on the Italy booth free of oh charge. Gosh. We free. will pay you, actually. <laughs> we will make a seasonal Negroni for you. We will do a, a Bellini flight. Yeah. We won't There's be making a Worms and Dirt. Home no, run. And we won't, be take, we won't be taking the frozen food from Trader Joe's and putting it on a festival plate. We will not and be doing that no. either. We will not be doing that. But yeah, I just, I just, I, the the worms and dirt is what's really, really, really killing me because I had, no, I did not think that they could go any more low than they have, and and here we are. But she like the gummy worm on top, and that is as low as it goes. That is yeah. though, because you take the gummy worm off, and I think I would have been like, whatever, it's pudding, yeah. whatever they're trying to make it, you know, hazelnut flavored and and whatever. But that 
Worm, are you freaking kidding me? Like I said, it is like you are getting dessert at TGI Fridays. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think Italy's biggest struggle has been failing to properly interpret the theme of the festivals. Because for Festival of the Arts, and I had talked about this before, Festival of the Arts, you had every other booth makes beautiful dish. The dish itself is art. You have these deconstructed dishes that are just visually gorgeous to look at. And it is a work of art in itself. Italy literally said, Festival of the Arts, great. Here is a paint palette with a mozzarella thing. They literally took art literally. And I think they're doing the same for Flower and Garden because they said garden with the garnish of this praying mantis and dirt and worms. They are taking the literal translation of this festival instead of interpreting it somewhere. But I think they think they're interpreting it. You know what I'm saying? I think they think they, they're being creative, but they're not. No. No, and at this point, it's just like, just that I don't I don't even know if they've ever done a cannoli. I would be scared to see what cannoli but, they did though. But honestly at this point, give us just Colin, give us the cannoli. Colin, it would be a worms and dirt cannoli. <laughs> a chocolate hazelnut stuffed cannoli with a worm coming out of it. But I would take that because that's would be better. already yeah. more Italian than chocolate pudding. That is true. That is true. Okay. Already. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's just it's it's sad. But you know, on a positive note, there are some things that I'm very much Looking forward to trying. Same. I'm specifically talking about Honey Bistro because oh. I actually think that Honey Bistro, it's my prediction, will be the MVP of this festival. They do such a good job. And I am not a huge Honey fan by itself. But what they do at this booth is wonderful. But can we talk chicken and waffles? Oh, mm. yes. sold. Crispy honey it? bread chicken and honey sweet cornbread waffle. With whipped honey butter and spicy honey. And it's beautiful. Like, it, it, that is a work of art. It's not even Festival of the Arts. That is a work Correct. of art. Correct. And they also, their flatbread last year was amazing. It was kind of yeah. like a honey mustard flatbread yes. situation. This year, they have one with honey whipped mascarpone, caramelized honey onions with a blueberry gastric. You're going to get some great vinegar from that. Salty prosciutto with honey whipped goat cheese, arugula, honey vinaigrette, and bee pollen. It sounds so good. That also just sounds like a work of art. Like all those flavors are going to come together. I think it's going to be absolutely delicious. And they thank God they did not take away the honey mascarpone cheesecake because that is a home run. Yeah. Home it is run. so good. It's one of my favorite desserts of the festival for sure. And then Brunch Cot also looks super promising. I am excited. One, I just love the name Brunch Cot. I think that's genius. Just put cot at the end of anything. It's giving me the vibes when you go on Guardians. When they try to figure oh, out yeah. what we're called. I oh, want to yeah. be a, called a brunch cotter, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I brunch cut. Do you brunch cut? Because you brunch cut. The avocado toast is back. Shrimp and grits are back. But I am very excited, and I know Bella is too, about the Lox Benedict. Hmm. On an everything focaccia with everything spice cream cheese, shallots, crispy capers, and a hollandaise sauce. Can we just talk about everything focaccia for a second uh, <laughs> I, why haven't i ever thought to make that that sounds right genius. amazing right though why amazing. you don't need sourdough or a bagel i should have just been putting my locks on top of focaccia this whole time you know who could have put this at their booth italy and i wouldn't have even been mad so true though <laughs> not at all but yeah i i'm excited for this one but you know what side note on that have you seen when people make the focaccia with the beautiful design on top yes. of like the flowers and stuff? Why doesn't Italy do that? Well, 
why doesn't Italy do a lot, Bella? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So true. <laughs> You're aiming way too high. I'm gonna need you to set the bar a lot lower. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I as I'm reading through this menu, I just am reminded as to why Flower and Garden is my favorite. Just because these so flavors, good. these flavors are also fantastic. The Korean, the Impossible Korean Short Rib is oh, back. So good. So delicious. Um, Mexico looks like it's going to be a home run as well. The new quesadilla looks great mm-hmm. with the squash blossoms, bacon, onion, and zucchini and cheese. That looks awesome. And both the margaritas look great as well. Mm, the Thank taco you, for coming through. The taco vampire, whatever. The, the, the vampirina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's it's back. back. She's back making an appearance. Do you know what also I'm excited? That Morocco has a new food item because they have yeah. played it safe with that flatbread and those dipping sauces for the last three festivals. And now they have a hummus trio with traditional hummus, red beet and black garlic hummus and an avocado herb hummus. And I'm here for that. Like I'm here for a change because Morocco, I the, the food is so good. But when you give me consistently the same thing at every festival, I don't know how I'm supposed to get excited about another festival. Yeah, I feel that. Oh, Bethany, did you see over at France that they have a new drink? Oh, it yes. Is... I got tagged at it today. Yeah, the French sparkling wine with Monin Desert Pear. Mm. Yes. I mean. Look at you. It's literally calling my name. Literally. The second I see Monin Desert Pear on anything, I am sold. Sold. Sign me up sold i will say the other miss here I, I think just like visually the other miss has got to be this shrimp scampi poutine <laughs> oh my god why do they photograph poutine it doesn't look good ever because it's just so bland but also like photograph wise but taste wise i'm not i'm not into no this. i think i think if they remove the shrimp i think it would probably be pretty good mm-hmm and I think that if they remove the cheese curds, it would no longer be poutine. But but then you think shrimp scampi with fries. Is that that bad? Because, like, maybe not. Correct. I just don't like the combination of the texture of shrimp and the texture of cheese curds. They both have Correct. weird textures. Yeah. Like, I like both of them, but they're weird textures. And combined, I don't want that. Could you imagine the squeakiness of the cheese, but then the texture of shrimp? And you know what I'm talking about. I, mm-hmm. I'm just not. I don't want that in the same bite. No, and I also don't love, like, the shrimp scampi dip that they yeah. had at Coastal Eats was phenomenal. And was this so is good. giving me vibes like that, but the cheese curd is really what's throwing me off. So either I think the cheese curd would have been great without the shrimp or the shrimp and no cheese curd. So I'm interested to hear how you... Maybe it'll be good. I hope it is because that shrimp scampi dip is oh, was phenomenal. amazing. Phenomenal. That was really good. And you dip, you know, crostini in that. So, like, you just replace the crostini with fries. Like, that's not the in worst theory. Thing. No. So, I don't know. It's a little out there. but The only difference is the, the surface area. Because mm-hmm. with bread, you dip it with this. Like, so you're getting more. I don't know. It'll be intriguing. But you know what also they have there at the refreshment port that I'm intrigued? Soft serve waffle cone. And I did not have this. It doesn't say new. So I assume they had it last year. But it's a peanut butter and jelly swirl ice cream. I don't remember seeing that. To be I don't either. Honest. It doesn't say that it's new. But I don't recall this one. But now I'm intrigued to try it. Interesting. Yeah. The other thing that I thought you'd be excited about, Bella, is that at Farmer's Feast, which has that incredible, the charred bison ribeye that we both loved. So good. So that's back. But this is the one with the like super intense rotating menu. Potentially, we will be there in July and they have a new 
Bloody Mary mm-hmm. that's going to be available in July. It's a translucent Bloody Mary. Okay. I- with I read cucumber, this vodka, called- tomato, water, horseradish, celery, salt, and a hint of pepper. Wait, wait. Did you say translucent? I did. It's yeah. a ghost Mary. It's called a ghost Mary, which is giving me vibes of the watermelon Mary that we had at the last festival. Which it's- Bella missed. Yeah, I, I, she's going to hate it because it's also cucumber vodka. I can't wait for wait, her to try wait, it. I wait, literally no can't wait. tomato in this? Can you read this again? Tomato please? water. Tomato water. water. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> tomato water. Yes. <laughs> what? They said, I will say you Bloody Mary and ruin it? <laughs> I will say, though, if there's any saving grace in this, is that horseradish. That's Oof. true. And I love, pepper. yeah, I love horseradish. Yeah. I love a little spice in my, uh, I, I just... In my bloody mouth. I really hope it works out that we're there in July, that we get to watch you drink this. Yeah, oh, I would for... definitely drink it. I can't, can't wait. wait to watch you drink it. Also, you know what's on the menu at that same time? It's May 20th through July 5th is the sweet corn creme brulee with a corn yes. biscotti. That oh, sounds that delicious. Sounds good. Let's talk back to Italy. Biscottis. <laughs> oh. Why don't they add biscottis on the menu? Come on, people. Biscotti. And even we've talked about, like, do a cosada cake. Do something oh, like... Oh, cakes are so good. A ma- do a something... Sicilian cake. It's delicious. Right, but even Sicilian Again. lemon. Like, some something. We are available for a consult. I'm just saying. And we also said we'd like to make a movement, like a, a change.org petition to have Trattoria just take it over. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. That is They're good close. food. Italy needs to not be a third party anymore. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Mexico <laughs> does it right. Yes, it's more expensive, and yes, you're paying that premium, but the food is delicious. The margaritas are delicious. On point. What What is happening in Italy? Even you know what China, though? even Japan. Yeah, I, I mean, I even feel like if even if Olive Garden took over, it would be better. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know what. What are you getting for this festival? Salad and breadsticks. That line would be so long. It's already long, but could you imagine? Oh, when you hear your family, you know, that'll be I mean, Italy yeah. Boots' new slogan. Exactly. When you're hearing your familia, your familia. I love it. <laughs> I don't good. think there's any other note we can end on besides no, that was the same. When you're hearing <laughs> your familia. Taken over by the Olive Garden. <laughs> I love it. A few other foodie news we can touch on okay. is Narcuzzi's is coming back. And we finally got a menu. Yes. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Bella. Look. Where have you been? I already have it in Reservation Finder, so when reservations go live, I'll get like my text message for us. Seems like some some are coming back. Yeah. It, it, a lot of things I feel like really do stay the same at Narcuzzi's. Uh I'm liking they're going for the whole land and sea vibe is what they said the vibe was going to be. I'm hoping my biggest downfall with Narcuzzi's is I think the food is amazing, but I just hated the decor so much that I am so excited for this and I need to be blown away when I walk in. I need Citricos vibes the second I walk in. Did you see this ocean-inspired charcuterie board? It's ahi tuna pastrami, charred octopus, and lobster sausage. I am behind that. To be mm-hmm. honest, it is weird, but like, I'll, I'll I, get it. See, I'm down for some, Ooh, like, I, calamari. I've never heard that. No. Ever. I've never heard of that ever, yeah. and that excites me. Also, brisket and ricotta tortellini, like Ooh, the sweet potato gnocchi. Good. Just We're talking appetizers here. All sound really good. They had yep. the calamari last time, and I remember their calamari being very good. 
I'm excited oh. about this entire menu. Like, you read everything. I would order everything on this menu. Everything. This blueberry barrel-aged feta salad sounds mm. amazing, too, with candied pistachios, cornbread crackers, and lemon curd dressing. Mm. I'm just feeling like it's coming for the strawberry salad at Citricos. But blueberry, that. that's fine. Uh-huh. And that's fine. You be blueberry, let them be strawberry. It's all I good. I love that. It gives me it's the same good. vibes, and I'm here. No hate, no shade here. Yeah. I'm I'm, so I'm, I'm just, like, very, pulling I'm very it this excited for this to open. And you know what? I'm actually really excited. Some of the cocktails sound wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I love good co- the lime gimlet sounds great with Empress Gin and cane sugar and lime. That sounds wonderful. Honestly, the old fashioned sounds great. It's made with cognac and rosemary. Yep. Sign me up. Wow. Yeah, I, Their white this... sangria has Kim Crawford. Kim Crawford has entered the chat. <laughs> We love us some Kim Crawford, to be completely honest. We normally we normally see Kim Crawford at the California Grill, but we'll we'll see her at Narcozzi's too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm just very impressed. And one of your guys's absolute favorites is still on the menu. Yes, the almond cheesecake. The almond cheesecake. Mm-hmm. So cannot thank wait. It survived. I feel like Bella would have protested at that point if they tried to get rid of her almond cheesecake. Yeah, I would have because I it's. It's just, it's that good. And like when we go to Topolino's, I think we've talked about this. I don't think any of their desserts really, they're great. Do not get me wrong. But I, I don't. Their lava cake was terrible. Get out of town. It yeah. Okay. There. Yeah. So I, I, there, I don't go there to have dessert. Yeah. Right. I would have gone to Narcuzzi's in the past to get dessert. Yeah. Which says a lot for you because you're not the biggest Correct. dessert gal. Mm-hmm. Correct. And we've celebrated a lot of actually special occasions at Narcuzzi's. Yeah in the past so this cheesecake is one thing that you like get it at narcozzi's you don't get a cupcake you get a mini version of this almond crusted cheesecake and yeah mm-hmm. you do so That's like nice. we got it when we were there for our honeymoon we got one when i was there for my birthday i got one it was absolutely delicious and it's like the same thing it's like a beautiful kind of like sphere cheesecake and the almonds are like scales mm-hmm. on the outside and it's beautiful and you get a miniature version of that ah, love that so delicious and they, they say it's the best dessert in Disney, that's what they say when they put it down in front of you. So it and it really does live up to that hype. I'm going to be completely honest. They have a berry pavlova. I love a pavlova. Me too. Honestly. I know. Ooh. Pineapple bevois. Ooh. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> is that just me or does that, I was saying, does, that, does that sound like a drag name or something? I like it. I like it. Pineapple bevois. I'm just excited for this to open. It reopens at Grand Floridian on April 1st. So. So funny because we literally talked about an episode on like when it would open. So. Yep. And if there, there would be answer. like, if there would be a subtle theme and I don't think that there's going to be a subtle theme of anything aside from just kind of land and sea. Correct. Um. I but mean, hello, I, Little I Mermaid, though. Let's be honest. Land oh, or yeah. sand? Come on. Yeah. Peter we're Pan just, would be it. Yep. We're just trying to get it back. Mermaid Lagoon. Mermaid Lagoon. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but I will be excited. I just hope, I hope it's a little, <laughs> I hope it's a little, like, brighter, a little, like, lighter. I think the windows on the water are really beautiful to look at. So I hope that's the kind of the vibe that I get. Yeah. If I just want it anything, to be a like, little, a little elevated. Yeah, I was gonna. If it's anything like Citricose, if it's anything like Enchanted Rose, I think we'll be happy. Yes. Agreed. So I'm excited to see when that reopens, how it looks. Catch us there. Yeah. Bam. Bethany, we'll make a Narcuzzi's Love review yet. So that's it for this episode of the Main Street Dish. Be sure to follow us on all our social media. You can support our show by subscribing on Patreon and on Instagram. Please take a second to rate our show on iTunes. And for Bella and Bethany, this is Colin, and we will see you next week.
next week.